Hi, I'm Kristen. Thanks so much for tuning in today and for your incredible support of the podcast. It means so much to hear from old friends and new friends, and I can't thank you enough. So please subscribe and continue to share the pod with anyone who you think would be into it. Okay, so in today's episode, we're going to dive into the ever-evolving and fascinating topic, the astrology of Miss Americana herself, Taylor Swift. And I'm so excited for this two-part series. Firstly, since I proudly identify as a Swifty, and secondly, her work is so much more layered than we give her credit for. And Taylor is undoubtedly strategic with her use of not only astrology, but numerology and mythology as well. And her Easter eggs are only a wink to what appears to be a layered labyrinth that's the work of a mastermind. So yes, Taylor is truly a good witch, but you don't sell over a billion dollars worth of concert tickets for a single tour without a little black magic. I'm half kidding. In part one, we'll dive into her birth chart and we'll find those little magical placements that contribute to her superstardom. And in part two, We'll look at her 11 different, quote, eras astrologically and what we can expect from one of the hardest working women in showbiz. Also, shout out to Beyonce and Barbie as well for keeping our economy afloat this summer. A dazzling trifecta. Okay, so let's get into it. Taylor Allison Swift was born on December 13, 1989, in West Reading, Pennsylvania, making her a Sagittarius sun and a Cancer moon, giving her a fiery personality, that's a Sagittarius, equipped with emotional intelligence, Cancer. And there are conflicting reports on her exact birth time, thus her rising sign, But the internet seems split between two major possibilities, Capricorn or Scorpio. Most sources cite 5.17 a.m. as her time of birth, which would make her Scorpio rising, and which I personally believe. And we'll get into all the evidence to support that in a little bit. But first, let's start with those incredibly important puzzle pieces called luminaries, her sun and moon signs. So Taylor's one of several Sagittarius pop stars, including Britney Spears, Miley Cyrus, Tina Turner, Billie Eilish. Jay-Z's also a Sag superstar. So it's no mistake that this sign tops the music charts and continues to innovate and break barriers and records with their ever-evolving catalogs. And for reference, Sagittarius, born between November 22nd and December 21st, though this can vary slightly depending on the year. In Taylor's case, the song The Archer, off of her 2019 album Lover, is a direct nod to her sun sign. The constellation, Sagittarius itself, is named after the Latin word for archer, and is often depicted as a half-man, half-horse centaur taking aim with a bow and arrow. And once the star sign sets their sights on something or someone, they rarely miss. And we'll get into this in a little bit. So Sagittarius is a fire sign. To quickly recap, the 12 zodiac signs of the wheel are divided into the four elements. That's fire, earth, air, and water, meaning there are three zodiac signs for each element. And the other fire signs are Aries and Leo. 
So just think of your Leo or Aries friends and you'll see some similarities in terms of like a fun and fiery temperament. Ruled by Jupiter, the expansive, fun-loving party animal of the Zodiac, Sagittarius energy is optimistic, a little impulsive, a little compulsive, but always adventurous. Sagittarians are seekers. They're always on the quest for spiritual wisdom and transcendence, higher learning and new horizons. And in the case of Miss Swift, creative inspiration. She is inspired to an exhausting degree for us mere mortals, and we can thank her Sag son for that. The song Getaway Car off of her 2017 album Reputation is pure Sagittarian vibes. So play this song if you want to tap into this exciting and sort of frenetic energy. So Jupiter as a ruling planet gives her, and Sagittarius is in general, a little bit of luck since Jupiter also rules good fortune. So consider this a cosmic tailwind helping her dynamic chart really come to life. Many associate Taylor with the loves in her life, but it's actually her resiliency to bounce back from heartache that's emblematic of her Sag sun. Trust, this is not thanks to her Cancer moon that pulls us back deep into her feels. Just listen to this song, Begin Again, chronicling her breakup with Connor Kennedy, and you'll soak in her heartache just long enough before you're able to climb out of it thanks to her heartfelt Sagittarian optimism. So Taylor has two stelliums, meaning she has three or more planets in a single sign, and those are Capricorn and Scorpio. So both of these energies are incredibly strong in her chart, regardless of which is actually her rising sign. And we see this play out in her life constantly. She seems to be torn between the traditional Capricorn and the unconventional Scorpio. Cue Lavender Haze. So Taylor has four out of 10 planets in the sign of Capricorn. It's a sign associated and concerned with building and securing a legacy and a storied history that will outlast and outlive them. And Capricorns are great at identifying their returns on investment. And as generous as our gal is, she's not suffering for freight. She's laughing all the way to the bank and she'll sleep when she's dead. One thing to make mention of is those with strong Capricorn placements tend to grow up kind of quickly and they step into adult roles and responsibilities that feel a little bit ahead of their emotional maturity. Luckily for Taylor, it seems her family and friends and good instincts have kept her on the ascent to superstardom. So Taylor has three out of 10 planets in Scorpio. This would be her rising, how she presents herself to the world, her Mars, which is how she takes action and her sexual personality, and Pluto, how she experiences transformation and reclaims her power. And the fact that her rising sign is under wraps is so scorpionic in and of itself. Just listen to her reputation album from start to finish and you'll be immersed in her dynamic scorpionic energy and the healing power of this sign. Of course, our sun sign is a huge deal in terms of our personal astrology and it's what 
most of us know. It's our core identity and our self-image, so it's really no wonder that most identify pretty closely with their sun sign. However, it does get a lot more credit than it really should in terms of the bigger puzzle of our birth charts. Even though Taylor's sun sign is in the free-spirited, bigger is better, and entertaining fire sign, Sagittarius, the rest of her chart is very watery, that's the Cancer Scorpio, and very earthy. Those are her Capricorn placements. Astrologer Marisa Brown explains, quote, with her moon and sweet, heartfelt, nurturing Cancer and her fixed Scorpio stellium and all of that traditional Capricorn, a big part of Swift wants the fairy tale, picture perfect, lifelong love relationship that results in a picketed white fence life. That's why that theme has been so prevalent in her work. End quote. Okay, so let's take a little spiritual detour and talk about Taylor's mystical, magical connection to the number 13. Numerology is so cool and it can feel supernatural at times, and that's what makes it so fun. And if you're someone who sees repeating numbers, you know, some call them angel numbers, whether it's 1111 or 222 or just a random number you see repeatedly, i.e. 13, consider this part of our human history rather than a new age concept. So let's take it back to ancient Greece. The ancient Greek philosopher Pythagoras was a genius mathematician from the 6th century BCE. And in addition to discovering unique mathematical equations, Pythagoras believed that our reality is a physical manifestation of the energetic vibration and appearance of repeating numbers in the natural world. I think one of the coolest discoveries of the, quote, Pythagoreans was that musical harmony is related to simple whole number ratios. In other words, just think of octaves. Essentially, Pythagoreans discovered that there's mathematical magic to music. And this could, and maybe an entire episode in and of itself, but in the interest of time, let's fast forward about 2,600 years to modern society where this concept is still alive and well. So some believe that the universe is sending us super specific messages through these numbers or that it's perhaps our subconscious at work confirming that we're on the right path. And either may be true or it may be true for you. The internet is full of explanations assigning various meanings to numerical patterns. Personally, the way that I try to understand what any repeating number is trying to convey is to figure out what it is you're feeling or thinking in that moment, and then begin the treasure hunt from there. Back to Taylor. So it's no secret that 13 is her lucky number, likely initially because of her birthday, the 13th of December. However, she credits the number as having an important role in her ongoing good fortune. Ever since her 2006 debut album, she's been hiding 13s all over the place. In 2009, she told MTV, I was born on the 13th. I turned 13 on Friday the 13th. My album went gold in 13 weeks. My first number one song had a 13 second intro. Every time I've won an award, I've been seated in either the 13th seat, the 13th row, the 13th section, or row M, which is the 13th letter. 
On our 2012 album, Red, the 13th song is titled The Lucky One, which has, as you guessed, a 13-second intro and mentions the word lucky 13 separate times. In her music video for Ready For It, which is one of my top three fave songs, has a not-so-subtle reference to the number since 13 can be seen written in big numbers in frame at the 22nd mark. She also offers a subtle nod to her Sagittarius star sign in the opening track of that album Red, In State of Grace, presumably written about fellow Sagittarius Jake Gyllenhaal, and includes the line, just twin fire signs for blue eyes. So she's been at this metaphysical fun for quite a while. In 2020, when she teased the album, Evermore, she told fans she was excited about it because it's her 31st birthday treat to them. She says, ever since I was 13, I've been excited about turning 31 because it's my lucky number backwards, she said at the time. And a recent cool connection to the number 13 happened at the 2022 MTV VMAs, where she wore a dress similar to the one she wore at the 2009 VMAs, which is the night that Kanye so rudely yanked away her award and sealed his fate. Now, karma appears to be on his tail, and we can't say she didn't warn us. So she wore this sparkly dress 13 years after the infamous moment happened, and the stars aligned for her as she brought home the Music Video of the Year Award and announced her new album the very same night. And as promised, Midnight's, a 13-track album, was released a couple of months later, and it also happens to be the album that secured her spot in history as a first artist to dominate the entire top 10 of Billboard's Hot 100 completely by herself. So there's definitely a strong tradition of magic and mystery related to this number, and it appears throughout history and across the world. Perhaps the strongest shared observation throughout cultures and time is the fact that here on Earth, we have 13 full moons in a year. And the association with the number 13 is directly connected with the divine feminine. It represents the mother and receptive principle. And coincidentally, or maybe not, women have 13 menstrual cycles in a year. Yet another clue tying the moon to the feminine. The sun is masculine energy and represents the father and a sort of active principle, and we're a sun-worshipping, heliocentric world for the most part, but why can't we honor both? So Celtic and Norse people believe that 13 is a very lucky number. Often, Friday the 13th was a celebration to the goddess Freya, which is a Norse Celtic version of Venus, and she's the goddess of fertility, sex, lust, war, beauty, and magic. So Friday, named for Freya, particularly Friday the 13th, is considered a lucky day to get married due to its link with the goddess of love and beauty herself. She's also connected to wealth and abundance. And during the Viking age, a woman who owned property or was of a higher stature within Viking society was also referred to as Freya. 
So just look at Taylor's impressive real estate portfolio and we can connect the dots. Interestingly, the sacred animal of the goddess Freya is the cat. It only became associated with evil as Christianity began to encompass the Western world. Freya then earned the reputation as, you guessed it, an evil witch, and her mystical cats were labeled such as well. In several versions of the tarot, including perhaps the most recognizable version in the Rider-Waite Pamela Coleman-Smith deck, the Queen of Wands has a mysterious smile and a black cat at her feet. This card, the Queen of Wands, also happens to be associated with the feminine aspects of the fire signs, including Sagittarius. So for the ancient Egyptians, the number 13 symbolized the joyous afterlife. They thought of this physical life as a quest for spiritual ascension, which unfolded in 12 different stages and leads to a 13th stage, which extends beyond the grave. And this can explain why they had such elaborate burial and embalming rituals. The ancient Greeks saw and honored the connection between women and the moon. So they've connected the energies of our moon with the Greek goddess Artemis, goddess of the hunt and the moon. And she symbolizes femininity and strength. Guess who else she is? That's right, the archer. Perhaps a coincidence, if there is such a thing. Number 13 is also the death card in the tarot in the major arcana. And since there are 22 major arcana cards in total, death appears about halfway through the fool's journey. So it's really not about death at all. It's about the process of transformation. As Taylor reminds us, she rose up from the dead. She does it all the time. It also happens to be the card associated with the sign of Scorpio, which brings us back to her birth chart. We know she's a proud Sagittarius, but the current running through all of her work can largely be attributed to her moon sign, Cancer, which is ruled by the actual and ever-changing moon. In astrology, our moon sign represents our more private parts of ourselves. It includes our emotional reactions and how we deal with our moods in general. It represents the true state of our being and is the layer beneath our sun sign. We can credit this watery placement in her chart for her ability to tug at our heartstrings and yearn for someone, something, anything, really. Cancer is the most acutely sensitive of the signs and those with strong cancer placements basically want an internal emotional promise sworn in a blood oath that you will never, ever leave them. And they promise they'll never leave you either. At its highest expression, cancer is creative, caretaking, and deeply romantic. At their most indulgent, cancer moons tend toward masochistic nostalgia, endlessly idealizing or overanalyzing their past loves or lovers. Case in point, the song All Too Well written about a relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal that lasted three months, 10 years ago, and was re-released with the same emotional intensity in 2021. Let's briefly touch on her Mercury, which is part of that Capricorn stellium. So we know our Mercury sign is the way we speak and communicate, and it's safe to say that our Mercury in Capricorn can explain her unbelievable productiveness as it relates to 
relaying her thoughts through words. No one works harder than a Capricorn. And Mercury and Capricorn people tend to be trustworthy and they like to be in control of situations. And they tend to have a very methodical way of communicating and they have a pretty straightforward opinion so as not to waste anyone's time. Capricorns are not here for the bullshit. Taylor's Venus is where we're thrown a little bit of a wild card. Venus, which is our expression of love, our relationship to money, luxury, our style, and even our relationship with the public. Hers is in Aquarius. When Venus is in Aquarius, she's an unconventional innovator. And when thinking of the sign Aquarius, I really like to think of Woodstock being called an Aquarian exposition. It was sort of a new way of connecting with one another and living peacefully. Or just think of the song Age of Aquarius. And it's sort of hopeful, utopian, futuristic message. So when this planet appears in a person's chart as their Venus sign, they desire a partner who is a true friend. Aquarius is the sign of friendship and who values their intelligence, their dreams, and their very unique way of moving through the world. The downside of Venus and Aquarius is that they may come off aloof or that the notion of being settled down is a total buzzkill. This suggests that Taylor requires a certain level of space and independence to be in love and in a committed relationship. The people who will best understand this need for freedom are fellow air signs, Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. Just look at her dating history and we'll see a long list of ex-air sign lovers. Taylor Lautner, Aquarius, John Mayer, Libra, Harry Styles, Aquarius, and Tom Hiddleston, Aquarius. These signs are similarly cerebral and free-spirited, but they may not vibe with that super sentimental, everlasting fairy tale that Swift's water and earth placements so strongly desire. Taylor's Mars is where we get a little fun, a little frightening insight into that other side of Taylor. Her Mars is in the sultry, secretive, vengeance as an art form sign of Scorpio. This is where that famous edge comes from, and she knows it. Does a scorpion sting when fighting back, she asks. If she seems cautious, it's because Scorpios see or feel the energetic currents of what's said and not said, and they can become victims of their own psychic powers and fall prey to their own shadows if unbalanced. We can see Taylor get a little bit carried away when it comes to being jilted, and who can blame her? Certainly not this Scorpio. (laughs) So Scorpio wants to experience the extreme depths and the high highs of love. And with this intensity of feeling comes dangerous and destructive currents like jealousy, revenge, and obsession. Look what you made her do. So beyond the need for calculated vengeance, Scorpio energy seeks transformation, often spurred by trauma and or loss, and oftentimes in love. And one of Scorpio's animal totems is the phoenix, And we know just how thrilling it is for Taylor to light it up, watch it burn, write it down, and turn her pain into profits. Astrologer Kyle Thomas writes, quote, 
Mars is a co-ruler and traditional ruler of Scorpio, meaning she can exhibit her passion and sexual aggression in a precise and strategic way. Scorpios, while sensitive and mysterious, are an extremely powerful force and they will put their poison-filled stinger to good use if needed. Her Mars and Scorpio means Swift knows how to strike for power moves instinctually and is all or nothing when it comes to getting who or what she wants. End quote. Oh my, what fun. Okay, so that covers part one of this Swifty series, and I'm so excited to get even further into her albums, her career, and the astrology that can help explain the moments that propelled her into her next transformative era. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, subscribe, leave a review. It's a free way to help the show grow and reach those who may like this sort of stuff. So until next time, thanks.